This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Chronicles chapter 35, verses 20, through 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 35, beginning at verse 20. After Josiah had done all this for the temple, King Necho of Egypt marched up to do battle at Carchemish on the Euphrates River. Josiah marched out to oppose him. Necho sent messengers to him, saying, Why are you opposing me, O king of Judah? I am not attacking you today, but the kingdom with which I am at war. God told me to hurry. Stop opposing God, who is with me, or else he will destroy you. But Josiah did not turn back from him. He disguised himself for battle. He did not take seriously the words of Necho, which he had received from God. He went to fight him in the plain of Megiddo. Archers shot King Josiah. The king ordered his servants, take me out of this chariot, for I am seriously wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot, put him in another chariot that he owned, and brought him to Jerusalem where he died. He was buried in the tombs of his ancestors. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem mourned Josiah. Jeremiah composed laments for Josiah, which all the male and female singers used to mourn Josiah to this very day. It has become customary in Israel to sing these. They are recorded in the Book of Laments. The rest of the events of Josiah's reign, including the faithful acts he did in obedience to what is written in the law of the Lord and his accomplishments from start to finish, are recorded in the scroll of the kings of Israel and Judah. 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 1-5 through 5. Jehoahaz's reign The people of the land took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's place in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was twenty-three years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. The king of Egypt prevented him from ruling in Jerusalem and imposed on the land a special tax of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. The king of Egypt made Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed his name to Jehoiakim. Necho seized his brother Jehoahaz and took him to Egypt. Jehoiakim's reign. 
Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 29 through 37. During Josiah's reign, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, marched toward the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. King Josiah marched out to fight him, but Necho killed him at Megiddo when he saw him. His servants transported his dead body from Megiddo in a chariot and brought it to Jerusalem, where they buried him in his tomb. The people of the land took Josiah's son, Jehoahaz, poured olive oil on his head, and made him king in his father's place. Jehoahaz's reign over Judah. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his ancestors had done. Pharaoh Necho imprisoned him in Riblah, in the land of Hamath, and prevented him from ruling in Jerusalem. He imposed on the land a special tax of 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. Pharaoh Necho made Josiah's son Eliakim king in Josiah's place and changed his name to Jehoiakim. He took Jehoaz to Egypt where he died. Jehoiakim paid Pharaoh the required amount of silver and gold, but to meet Pharaoh's demands, Jehoiakim had to tax the land. He collected an assessed amount from each man among the people of the land in order to pay Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Zebedah, the daughter of Padiah from Rumah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord as his ancestors had done. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 1 through 12. The Lord told me, go down to the palace of the king of Judah. Give him a message from me there. Say, listen, O king of Judah, who follows in David's succession. You, your officials, and your subjects who pass through the gates of this palace must listen to the Lord's message. The Lord says, do what is just and right. Deliver those who have been robbed from those who oppress them. Do not exploit or mistreat resident foreigners who live in your land. Children who have no fathers or widows, do not kill innocent people in this land. If you are careful to obey these commands, then the kings who follow in David's succession and ride in chariots or on horses will continue to come through the gates of this palace, as will their officials and their subjects. But if you do not obey these commands, I solemnly swear that this palace will become a pile of rubble. I, the Lord, affirm it. For the Lord says concerning the palace of the king of Judah, this place looks like a veritable forest of Gilead to me. It is like the wooded heights of Lebanon in my eyes, but I swear that I will make it like a wilderness whose towns have all been deserted. I will send men against it to destroy it with their axes and hatchets. They will hack up its fine cedar panels and columns and throw them into the fire. People from other nations will pass by this city. They will ask one another, why has the Lord done such a thing to this great city? The answer will come back. It is because they broke their covenant with the Lord their God and worshiped and served other gods. Judgment on Jehovah has. Do not weep for the king who was killed. Do not grieve for him, but weep mournfully for the king who has gone into exile, for he will never return to see his native land again. For the Lord has spoken about Shalom, son of Josiah, who succeeded his father as king of Judah, but was carried off into exile. He has said he will never return to this land, for he will die in the country where they took him captive. He will never see this land again. Jeremiah chapter 48 beginning at verse 1. Judgment against Moab, the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of Israel spoke about Moab. Sure to be judged is Nebo. Indeed, it will be destroyed. Kiriathayim will suffer disgrace. It will be captured. Its fortress will suffer disgrace. It will be torn down. People will not praise Moab anymore. The enemy will capture Heshbon. 
and plot how to destroy Moab, saying, Come, let's put an end to that nation, city of madmen. You will also be destroyed. A destructive army will march against you. Cries of anguish will arise in Horonaim. Oh, the ruin and great destruction. Moab will be crushed. Her children will cry out in distress. Indeed, they will climb the slopes of Luhith, weeping continually as they go. For on the road down to Horonaim, they will hear the cries of distress over the destruction. They will hear, run, save yourselves, even if you must be like a lonely shrub in the wilderness. Moab, you trust in the things you do and in your riches. So you too will be conquered. Your God Shemosh will go into exile along with his priests and his officials. The destroyer will come against every town. Not one town will escape. The towns in the valley will be destroyed. The cities on the high plain will be laid waste. I, the Lord, have spoken. Set up a gravestone for Moab, for it will certainly be laid in ruins. Its cities will be laid waste and become uninhabited. A curse on anyone who is lax in doing the Lord's work. A curse on anyone who keeps from carrying out his destruction. From its early days, Moab has lived undisturbed. It has never been taken into exile. Its people are like wine allowed to settle undisturbed on its dregs, never poured out from one jar to another. They are like wine that tastes like it always did, whose aroma has remained unchanged. But the time is coming when I will send men against Moab who will empty it out. They will empty the towns of their people, then will lay those towns in ruins. I, the Lord, affirm it. The people of Moab will be disappointed by their god Shemosh. They will be as disappointed as the people of Israel were when they put their trust in the calf god at Bethel. How can you men of Moab say, we are heroes, men who are mighty in battle? Moab will be destroyed. Its towns will be invaded. Its finest young men will be slaughtered. I, the king, the Lord of heaven's armies, affirm it. Moab's destruction is at hand. Disaster will come on it quickly. Mourn for that nation, all you nations living around it, all you nations that know of its fame. Mourn and say, alas, its powerful influence has been broken. Its glory and power have been done away with. Come down from your place of honor. Sit on the dry ground, you who live in Dibon. For the one who will destroy Moab will attack you. He will destroy your fortifications, you who live in Aror. Stand by the road and watch. Question the man who is fleeing and the woman who is escaping. Ask them, what has happened? They will answer, Moab is disgraced for it has fallen. Wail and cry out in mourning. Announce along the Arnon River that Moab has been destroyed. Judgment will come on the cities on the high plain on Holan, Jaza, and Maphath, on Dibon, Nebo, and Beth Dibliataim, on Kiriataim, Beth Gamul, and Beth Mion, on Kirioth and Bozrah. It will come on all the towns of Moab, both far and near. Moab's might will be crushed. Its power will be broken. I, the Lord, affirm it. Moab has vaunted itself against me. So make him drunk with the wine of my wrath until he splashes around in his own vomit, until others treat him as a laughing stock. For did not you people of Moab laugh at the people of Israel? Did you think that they were nothing but thieves, that you shook your head in contempt every time you talked about them? Leave your towns, you inhabitants of Moab. Go and live in the cliffs. Be like a dove that makes its nest high on the sides of a ravine. I have heard how proud the people of Moab are. I know how haughty they are. I have heard how arrogant, proud, and haughty they are. What a high opinion they have of themselves. I, the Lord, affirm that I know how arrogant they are, but their pride is ill-founded. Their boastings will prove to be false. So I will weep with sorrow for Moab. I will cry out in sadness for all Moab. I will moan for the people of Kir Cheris.
I will weep for the grapevines of Sibma, just like the town of Jezer weeps over them. Their branches once spread as far as the Dead Sea. They reached as far as the town of Jezer. The destroyer will ravage her fig, date, and grape crops. Joy and gladness will disappear from the fruitful land of Moab. I will stop the flow of wine from the wine presses. No one will stomp on the grapes there and shout for joy. The shouts there will be shouts of soldiers, not the shouts of those making wine. Cries of anguish raised from Heshbon and Eliale will be sounded as far as Jahaz. They will be sounded from Zor, as far as Horonaim and Eglath Shalishayah. For even the waters of Nimrim will be dried up. I will put an end in Moab to those who make offerings at her places of worship. I will put an end to those who sacrifice to other gods. I, the Lord, affirm it. So my heart moans for Moab, like a flute playing a funeral song. Yes, like a flute playing a funeral song. My heart moans for the people of Kircheris. For the wealth they have gained will perish. For all of them will shave their heads in mourning. They will all cut off their beards to show their sorrow. They will all make gashes in their hands. They will all put on sackcloth. On all the mountaintops in Moab and in all its public squares, there will be nothing but mourning. For I will break Moab like an unwanted jar. I, the Lord, affirm it. Oh, how shattered Moab will be. Oh, how her people will wail. Oh, how she will turn away in shame. Moab will become an object of ridicule, a terrifying sight to all the nations that surround her. For the Lord says, look, like an eagle with outspread wings, a nation will swoop down on Moab. Her towns will be captured. Her fortresses will be taken. At that time, the soldiers of Moab will be frightened like a woman in labor. Moab will be destroyed and no longer be a nation because she has vaunted herself against the Lord. Terror, pits, and traps are in store for the people who live in Moab. I, the Lord, affirm it. Anyone who flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Anyone who climbs out of the pit will be caught in a trap. For the time is coming when I will punish the people of Moab. I, the Lord, affirm it. In the shadows of the walls of Heshbon, those trying to escape will stand helpless. For a fire will burst forth from Heshbon. Flames will shoot out from the former territory of Sihon. They will burn the foreheads of the people of Moab, the skulls of those war-loving people. Moab, you are doomed. You people who worship Shemosh will be destroyed. Your sons will be taken away captive. Your daughters will be carried away into exile. Yet in future days, I will reverse Moab's ill fortune, says the Lord. The judgment against Moab ends here. New Testament reading, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. Appreciation for support. I have great joy in the Lord because now at last you have again expressed your concern for me. Now I know you were concerned before, but had no opportunity to do anything. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in any circumstance. I have experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you did well to share with me in my trouble. And as you Philippians know, at the beginning of my gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, on more than one occasion, you sent something for my need. I do not say this because I am seeking a gift. Rather, I seek the credit that abounds to your account. For I have received everything, and I have plenty. I have all I need because I received from Epaphroditus what you sent, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, very pleasing to God. And my God will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
May glory be given to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Final greetings. Give greetings to all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers with me here send greetings. All the saints greet you, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Who, God, you are the judge of all the earth, O God, and you shall do right. Thank you, O God, that you truly are a strong deliverer, that you truly are a covenant-keeping God. And I thank you, O God, that you have made a way of escape for us, O God, an escape from your judgment to come. God, I thank you that that escape hatch is found in Jesus Christ by his finished work, O God, because Jesus lived the perfect life that we should have lived and received. The due penalty for our sin was placed on Jesus, O God. And because of those of us who believe on him and receive him by faith and proclaim that he, that Jesus Christ is our Savior, O God, I thank you that we have eternal life, O God, and we do escape the judgment, O God. I thank you, O God, that by your mercy and by your grace and by your divine wisdom, you poured out your judgment on Jesus Christ at that cross. I thank you for Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. God, I thank you for Jesus' session. He is seated at the right hand, at your right hand in this moment, interceding for us even now because his work is finished. That's why he can sit down, O God. And would you help us? Help us, O Lord God, to live like those who are redeemed, to live like those who are co-heirs, to live like those who are children of God. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us to seek out ways to confirm our love for one another. Thank you for the ways, oh God, that you sharpen us, that you take care of us. God, I thank you for the the reminder here in the New Testament about contentment. Paul saying that, you know, that he's learned to be content in every situation, in scarcity and abundance in riches, and in poverty, O oh God. Godliness with contentment is great gain. O oh God, would you help us to lay hold of contentment? Would you work contentment within us by the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord? And that contentment is not a call to complacency, but contentment is a call to rest in you. You call us to work. You call us to walk by faith, O oh God, and we know that faith without works is dead, O oh God. But you help us and you call us, oh God, to do this work in you, to, to execute our calling in you, to do these things in submission to you by the power of your spirit, not by our own strength, not by hook and crook, oh God, not by our own hustle and grind and doing things in our own strength, but by the grace and the power that the spirit provides to us. So help us, oh God, to be found faithful doing what you called us to do and helping us and help us, oh God, to do it. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code 
T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.